For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car pilot Paul Lee and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. This is WFO Radio. Hey everybody, welcome back to WFO Radio. My name is Joe Costello and today, on this show, we are going to connect with the five-time NHRA Pro Stock World Champion, Erica Enders, for her official WFO Radio World Champion interview as we get ready for the 2023 NHRA Camping World Series season. I'm super excited about it. The season, speaking with Erica, it's all happening. Everybody get ready to go testing. Some are already testing. Have they tested? I'm sure they have. We'll connect with Erica just seconds from now. If you're a fan of pro stock, like we're always talking about, like hardcore fans of pro stock are always saying like, oh man, why don't people really fully get what's going on and how competitive it is and how hard it is to drive these cars and how close and amazing the competition is. Let's share this show so that we can get uh, more people to appreciate pro stock in 2023. It's not a small number by any means, but it can always be a little bit bigger before we get to Erica. I just want to tick through the people who make it possible for me to do this show live stream show for over 10 years, WFO radio. We always hope people subscribe, whether it be on our social or however you do it, but these are the people who make it possible. I'll tell you more about them after Erica, but obviously the folks at FTI performance, you just heard about them dot 90 bracket racing, big money bracket racing. They do it big time. Fog it. This is Gary Stinnett's new brand saves the inside of your engine. You just spent like 30 grand on a perfect engine for your stock super stock car. You might as well do what you can do to save it. Thanks to the folks at Foggett. When you put it in the trailer at the end of the night, oh my goodness, what's happening in there? Bernie Speed Shop. That's Josh Hart. This is what they've asked me to tell everybody about. Wednesday before the Gator Nationals, there's going to be like a open house celebration at Bernie's. It's in Ocala, Florida. That's like 50 minutes south of Gainesville Raceway. It's right by Big Daddy Don Garland's Museum of Drag Racing, like 10 minutes away. They're going to have food. They're going to have music. They're going to have a band. They're going to have fireworks. I'm going to be there 6 p.m. Wednesday night before the Gator Nationals. Why don't there's going to be drivers there? Why don't you make it part of your Gator Nationals weekend? We'll see you at Bernie's. Go to Bernie's.com to find out more information. And Phillips Connect, phillips-connect.com for that smart trailer technology. Later on in the show, we'll tell you about Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School and my buddy Marvin Rodak and his great coffee and, of course, samtech.edu. But right now, we're going to go out and speak with a five-time champ who won 10 races in 2022, Miss Erica Enders. Erica, welcome to WFO. Congratulations. Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited, though. You know, this prolonged break starting in Gainesville, I think it's good for the sport and it's good for attention, but it's bad for me who wants to go to the drag strip ASAP. <laughs> we would be racing this weekend, I think. This weekend? No, we're uh, we're gonna go down the weekend before Wes's race and do some testing at Bradenton before the World Series of Promont. 
I meant in the previous NHRA schedule when we started in Pomona. Oh, my bad. <laughs> it, would be, it would be like right around now, if not this weekend, next weekend. But we're, we're, our, our muscle memory is telling us that the Winter Nationals should be happening. The revamped schedule is all new. We start in Gainesville, which is very different. Yeah, it's definitely it definitely feels like it's time to go. That's for sure. But having this extra month has been pretty awesome just from a personal standpoint and get to have a little bit more of a of a normal life, if you will. But uh, all hands are on deck here at, at Elite Motorsports. We're going to we're going to come out swinging with eight cars next year. Uh, we added an, an additional one. Jerry Don Tucker will be driving. So we're going to go up to T Tulsa next week, providing the weather's good and, and get him his license and then get some more laps under his belt down in Bradenton in a couple of weeks. So um, it is crazy at this shop right now. <laughs> I'm excited to hear about it. Now you mentioned the World Series of Promont. I'll be there too. You'll be running a Mountain Motor Pro Stocker as you continue to expand your resume. You've uh, run a Pro Modified car. You got the record there. Of course, you're the five-time champ. You'll be down there in a Mountain Motor Pro Stocker that was acquired by Elite. We know Richard, you know, he's buying, he's selling, he's making moves, but he's not going to sell this thing before you get a chance to race it. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited too. And, you know, when I read about it online that I was going to be driving Mountain Motor, that that's actually how I found out about it. It wasn't through Richard saying, hey, I'm buying JR Cars program and you and I are probably going to drive these cars. I, I just saw a press release on NHRA.com and I was like, hmm, that's cool. So um, I'm excited, you know, but everything uh, everything is always subject to change here because if something sits still long enough, it'll, it'll fly off the shelves and get sold. So um, that's just kind of how Richard operates his business. But um, yeah, I'm excited for the opportunity. It's a car that I've obviously never driven before. Same concept, 105 inch wheelbase. It's a double frame rail car. So it's a little bit different than a pro stock car as far as fit is concerned. But we had a guy here uh, this past week. I got a couple of new seats board, one for the mountain motor car, one for my pro stock car. So um, yeah, I'm excited, but I have not hit the starter button on it yet. And there's all kinds of hype going on about it, which is exciting. I had uh, Johnny Placino who won the world championship in mountain motor pro stock for PDRA last year. And he texted me the other day. I hadn't heard from him in months. And he texted me, he's like, you and me rivals night Friday. What do you think? And I'm like, uh, well, I'm flattered, but I haven't driven yet, but sure. Why not? <laughs> so yeah. Why not? Right. Like if they want to take shots, Johnny's a good guy, by the way. And uh, let's make a let's make a thing about it. And I, I, I like it. I think you'll be able to handle it. You handle the pro mod car. You'll handle a mountain motor pro stock car. You handle anything you drive. I'm sure there'll be a little bit of a learning curve because they, they got more power. It's less finesse and more muscle. I think I don't want to say it makes it easier. It just makes it different. Yeah, it's definitely going to be different. Um, these The mountain motor cars are 800-something cubic inches. I have 500 in, in my NHRA Pro Stock car. So um, definitely a lot more power. More so than that, it's torque. Um, Johnny kind of cracked a joke on the text saying, you'll just have to use your steering wheel more. But uh, the concept is the same. Let go with the clutch, um, shift five times, and pull the parachutes. So it'll, it'll be a little bit more of a wild ride. But um, all things considered, I mean, they go like four flat to the center. And we hold the record to the center in, in NHRA Pro Stock at like 413. So it's not that big of a difference, but it will be that big of a difference. On paper, you know, those numbers look a little, little different, but it's not, it's not that 
big of a change. As you mentioned, I've driven ProMod. I've driven a lot of different cars that are uh, a lot wilder than Pro Stock. So I, I think we'll be okay. But uh, but either way, it'll be a, a new challenge for me. And that's what that's what keeps me intrigued with all of this is being able to go out and jump in anything. I think I have, I'm licensed in like 13 or 14 classes in NHRA. So I, I always want to have my license in case I can drive anything. Somebody calls me and says, hey, I got a super stock car this weekend. Do you want to drive? And, and I'll be able to. So I'm excited again for the opportunity. So, but we'll see what happens. I love it. I love it. It's uh, and right. Drivers want to drive. They want to drive different stuff. And you've driven comp. You've driven uh, everything. It's going to be uh, interesting and fun to watch, right? And I know it's the World Series of Pro Mod, but Mountain Motor Pro Stock got a little star power in there, and I think everybody's going to be interested. But let's spend a little time, and we've got people out there. Uh, in the audience, everybody is saying congratulations. I'm not putting every single one of them on the screen because then uh, I would be doing only that. That's how many people are on there. But like Earl Nichols is out there who won a race last year. He says, you'll own it. Of course, Elite Auto Detailing. I don't know if they're related to you guys. They're in Connecticut, but uh, they are saying congratulations. But let's go back to 2022. You said many times, first of all, we became like best friends last year because you were on WFO like <laughs> 10 times, right? You won 10 races, the high watermark of your entire career. Do you feel like that was your best career year? Because that second championship, that was pretty dominant too. Do you rank, you know, they say don't rank your children, right? You've got championship trophies. How did this one stack up winning 10 races, runnering up twice and uh, really dominating the season? Uh, it definitely was a year to be remembered for sure. My career best, obviously. Um, in 2015, we were able to clinch the championship in Las Vegas as well, and we finished the year uh, by winning nine events. Um, but that's back when we were racing 24 events a year. So um, I think our ratio is definitely a lot better, our closing ratio. So I'm just, I'm really excited about uh, the performance that we had. Uh, I, being the perfectionist that I am, I feel like I let some slip through my fingers. Uh, the one that resonates the most is the the finals at Pomona against Greg Anderson. Uh, that I lost that race because I was late, and I, that doesn't really sit well with me. But I really feel like that there's a plan that's bigger than mine, and and I think it was great for Greg to be able to secure that victory at Ken Black's last event. So uh, the world works as it's supposed to. But uh, again, let that one slip through my fingers uh, when we threw the rods out of it in Bristol and that crazy final round against my teammate Aaron Stanfield you know that's one that got away from us and of course the the most excruciating one would have been Gainesville where we set the world record and I lost to my other teammate Bo on a massive hole shot so um but I feel like that was the point in our season although it was early just the just the third race of the year um that was kind of like the gut check for me where I got pissed off enough to go to work and and we came back we went to the next five finals in a row winning uh three of them so uh it just it was a tremendous year uh super proud to turn in the scorecard that we did for milling performance for Gallagher and PeopleEase, C-Tech, C-H-E, um, all of these wonderful partners that make it possible for us. And, you know, we're going to carry that momentum hopefully into the 2023 season. But there is one thing that you can bet is that those guys in North Carolina have not been sitting on their butts uh, with umbrella drinks in their hands. So they have the same motivation this offseason that we had last year. So uh, I know it'll be tough. The, the competition is always cutthroat and pro stock. But again, always ready for battle and my money's on us. I love that. I love that. I love that. Uh, this is so drag racer, right? Like what is the character traits of the creature that is the drag racer? What do they remember? They remember where they came up short. They remember losing like, you. yeah, well, you know, we won 10 races, but, 
and yep. the ones that you lost. Uh, the Greg won at the finals. You know, sometimes after you win, you lose the edge a little bit. That wasn't um, – it's not to be unexpected. I don't blame you. That weekend, as you said, was kind of about Ken Black and Greg and Pro Stock. He made the final. It is what it is. The one that I think about is Bristol. Yeah. That was, there's no such thing as a good loss, but that was guts. <laughs> you couldn't see. Nope. You, you, you kept on going. You tried to do it. Nobody could figure out what the heck was going on. You got a little scrape on the car that you kept there for the rest of the year. Why did you guys do that? Like leave that little scrape on there like a, like a badge of honor, like a scar to remember. Um, it was a great race. People will show that highlight forever. But I found it to be interesting that you waited until the end of the season to even uh, touch up the race car. Yeah, uh, we didn't want to mess with our race car. We obviously had a good car all year long. And, you know, as you mentioned, that that final round was really wild. I was uh, I was in the right lane and my teammate Aaron Stanfield was in the left and we both blew the tires off the car. I grabbed another gear and was able to go on. He aborted his run. And um, as I put it into third, uh, all hell broke loose. And I, I knew that I knew that it was in trouble right before it happened. Typically, there are um, there are clues to allow you to know what's going to come at you. And being that I've been in the race car for so long, I'm able to like be on top of things. And had that been a qualifying pass or any other round, probably other than the finals, I would have shoved the clutch in and, and done my best to save it. But look, I looked over and I didn't see Aaron. I knew that he had shut off. So I just like, I made it go as long as it would. And, and it finally, when it let go, I, I hit my power switches and whatnot and just shoved the clutch in and, and coasted. But I didn't hit the brakes because I thought maybe like he was still broke back there and I could still get to the finish line first. And um, I couldn't see and I couldn't really breathe. And I did my best to keep the car in the groove. But as you mentioned, we got a little bit of a scuff mark right at right as I stopped. It just brushed the the right guard wall past the scoreboard. So um, we had some rear quarter panel damage and then some damage right um, right where my passenger door meets the front end of the race car. So we uh, we had Scott Brown send us some new decals for the following race, and we put them on. We were able to cover some of it up, but we left we left those wounds on the race car all year. But she went to Rick Jones this off season and got all all shined up. We have all new stickers on the car thanks to Scott. He's been here for two weeks stickering eight pro stock cars two mountain motor cars and five semis so uh, his little fingers have been busy and i'm sure his he has no more fingerprints left on him but uh yeah we're we're just we wanted to leave it on there i know that's a long answer to your question but i didn't want to mess with my race car in the middle of the season no i get it i get it. well we have learned on wfo that the uh, pro stock wiring system is very finicky and that painting a car in any way might, uh, you know, we're talking about ions and polarity. I don't know what's going on in there. But when you paint the car, you got to rewire the car. I don't know how it is about touch-up, but it makes sense. That yep. thing wasn't hurting anybody. Uh, but also, it was kind of cool. All right, since you brought it up, you know, Gainesville, right? We, we started the year in Pomona, and then we went to Arizona. And that's really where you coined the phrase, um, I don't know how you said it, but I'm driving angry, right? Like I'm out here getting serious. And I, I called you mean E in a complimentary way. Like, oh, okay, she's real serious. And, and it was like, okay, man, is she going to cruise? And you go to Gainesville and had that happen. Still ran the quickest ever in a pro stalker, which by the way, like that's great. Finally, fuel injection has surpassed carburetors years later. We finally got there in perfect weather. We finally got there. But it was, you tell me. Was that like, it wasn't the best thing that could ever happen to you, 
because it was a tough loss, but it definitely refocused you and gave you that maybe extra, you tell me. <laughs> Just that little extra oomph, I guess. I mean, I my goal going into the 2022 season, when I sit down, you know, the 1st of January and write everything out, I wanted to make every moment count. And as I say that, it kind of makes it sound like I didn't try that before. Every time we drag our car up to the starting line, we all are giving 150%. There is no doubt about that. But as we also talked about, there are some that you let slip through your fingers. And um, losing first round to Bo on a whole shot while setting the world record, um, not just for EFI, but for the carbureted era as well, was, uh, was pretty substantial. And then getting back to the trailer and looking at the graph, we could have gone 43. Like it just, we knew what we knew what we had um, under the hood and, and that just kind of made us excited for the whole year. But personally, like I get, I get pissed. I get down on myself. And the only way I know how to rally is to stand up and come out swinging. So it's not about how many times you fall down. It's how many times you get up. And, and when you can rise to the occasion in high pressure situations, you know, at Gainesville, I just felt like I let my entire program down, which is exactly what I did. I had 42 guys on the road full time. I have all these partners that pay millions of dollars to, to park that Chevy Camaro in the winter circle. And I, I let everybody down. So I, uh, I had a little self-talk and, and I, just said, I'm going to get after it. And that's exactly what we did. And again, like I'm, I'm only as good as the men that stand behind me and they are, they are pretty awesome. So I'm, I'm thankful I have Mark Ingersoll, you know, as my crew chief, I had Chase Freeman on the car, Logan, um, Hollywood. So we, uh, we rallied and we had the, the best season of my life. So I'm really thankful for those things. You, you kind of get caught up in the moments instead of looking at the big picture, but it's about, it's about how you rally back. It's about the lessons that you learn and, and there's always a plan that's bigger than yours. And sometimes I forget that. Well, exactly. You don't know in the moment. And we say it all the time, right? You get the, you get stopped at the red light and you're like, oh my goodness, man, I got stopped at the red light. Well, you don't know what would have happened if you had gotten through that red light. So it could be a bad moment, but could be for a good reason. Who knows what's good or bad, but it went on to be a great season. Now our audience out there on WFO radio, there are some questions. I know you're cool with uh, answering like Lauren. Well, let's look ahead, right? Well, what is the one thing? It's probably many that you want to achieve in the NHRA 2023 pro stock season, obviously the championship, because that would be a big one. That would be six time. Um, I'm thinking of something, but I want to hear what you have to say. Well, the, the sixth championship would obviously put us in even crazier company, but being able to join the five-time club with Jed Coughlin and Greg Anderson is, is pretty awesome. Um, now the only people that have more than us are Bob Glidden and Warren Johnson. So to be able to, to put your name on a list with people like that is always the ultimate goal. But, um, you know, last year, one of my goals was to win at some of the tracks that I had never won at before. And we were, we were able to accomplish that at not just one, but three places, um, at the winter nationals in Pomona at Sonoma, and then at Reading. Um, one of the ones that, that still lingers after 19 years of driving pro stock is the, is the Gator nationals. So being that we could open our season, uh, you know, we open our season in Florida, if we could secure a win there, that would, that would probably be a pretty, pretty sporty goal to check off my list. I think. Yes. Well, the Gator nationals, it's a crown jewel race. It's now the start of the season. It's always 
It's not a sellout. It's near a sellout. It's in a great market. It's in a university. Like uh, we, if I'm not pitching the Gator Nationals to everybody out there, you should have figured that out by now because it is a great race. Of course, I've been to every one since 1980, so I got a streak to go. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Like yeah. it's a crazy stat for me. And that's why I'm here, honestly. The Gator Nationals is the reason that I want to work in the National Hot Rod Association. I love the event. It's going to be great. Uh, we've got all kinds of interesting stuff I'm going to ask you about that are going to be happening over the course of the season. But uh, that is a big one, and you want to get that on your resume. It makes perfect sense. But what about this year? Uh, it's, it's possible. We don't want to uh, say anything is a foregone conclusion, but you've always wanted to be just a racer. But the fact is you're a female racer. You're a lady racer. You could become the winningest lady racer in the history of the National Hot Rod Association this year. And that would make you the most successful lady racer in the history of Earth. That, that seems like it would be a big deal to me. I'm hoping that NHRA will make a big deal about it. Is that on your radar? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something that we talked about. And, and Courtney and I actually were um, talking about it last night, how when I first started here at Elite, I only had six pro stock wins. And it seems so far-fetched to be able to catch on gel. Um, now here we are with 44 wins, um, 43 in pro stock. So I believe we're within three of her. So if we can just have a, a decent season, I definitely think that that's, that's something that could happen. Um, you know, yes, I think about it for sure. And I think it would be really cool to be the the winningest female race car driver on the planet, not just drag racers. So um, that's, that's a pretty substantial deal right there. And, and you know, as being being a little girl watching Angel drive or ride um, my entire life, she was always kind of one of the gals that you looked up to. And uh, it's, it's pretty neat that we're within striking distance of her. So, yeah, I feel like there are all these like goal points and we've done so well to be able and we've been really blessed to be able to check so many of them off our list but you're right joe that's definitely one of them for the year oh yeah oh yeah well, i think <laughs> we're all going to be watching it and and that's first of all you had six wins before you got to elite like there are yep. a lot of racers that would kill for six wins period yeah. ever and so but you've really come into your own as you've come on board with elite Motorsports. Our great friend Roger Richards is out there. Roger, who has uh, not been able to get to the track very recently. We hope he comes back ASAP. Hopefully Gainesville, Roger. Uh, one of the great photographers out there. What was the most fun car you have ever driven? Like fun factor, driving fun factor. Well, fun factor. It's pro stock. I, I love pro stock. I know that's a silly answer because it's mostly what I do. I did have a pretty, uh, pretty fun time driving pro mod with exception to the fire and whatnot in Norwalk. Um, that was uh, that was a pretty cool car to drive, but it's an automatic. So I'm I'm not real like keen on automatics because there's nothing really going on in the race car um, other than just going fast. So I, I love being able to have a clutch and, and to shift. And um, a lot of people might not know, I went and got my alcohol funny car license at Frank Colley School, who I know is a, is a big supporter of the WFO show. But I went to Frank Holly for my 16th birthday and got my super comp license. That's what, um, that's where my parents sent me. So that was pretty cool. And then I went back, um, in 2004, just a couple of weeks before I won my first national event in super gas in Houston. And, um, I got my alcohol funding car license at his school in Gainesville. So that was kind of fun. You know, you had to shift that car just a couple of times with a couple of buttons, but it was, uh, it was pretty cool. But pro stock is definitely at the top of that list. That is for damn sure. Well, that makes sense. 
And there's this, there's this incorrect perception that a pro stock car just goes straight. And yeah. that's not necessarily the truth. We need to do, those of us in the media, those of us who love the sport, we need to do a better job of explaining that you are doing so much inside the race car. And that's what's amazing to me. You don't just have to do something. You have to be perfect or you can't win. I can't even imagine how you... <laughs> hold your foot on the clutch while that thing is on the starting line and are able to have reaction time within thousands of seconds. That's just insane to me. The average fan doesn't understand that. And that's our job to explain it. Yeah, they, they don't understand it. And Courtney's tried to post some in-car camera footage and NHRA's done the same stuff and um, really cool announcement. We're going to have an in-car camera through Fox with JHG all year next year. So that'll be something that's exciting. You can kind of see what's going on in the cockpit. You can you can be in there to celebrate us, celebrate with us when we turn on wind lights and you can see me uh, be pretty ticked off when we don't. So um, that'll be exciting. But yeah, that's something that I wish was relayed better to the average fan um, was just how challenging a pro stock car is to drive. Um, if you've driven a clutch car on the street, there's, there's a lot of throw in the clutch pedal. Like you got to, you know, ease off of it to get it rolling through a stoplight and whatnot. Like there's maybe a half an inch between all the way in and all the way out in a pro stock car. So that's why you kind of see some people struggle getting to the water box and some people struggle backing up, but everything is, um, all our clearances are so tight and the engines and then the same thing goes for, for the clutch as well. It's, it's very tedious and you have to be super precise with it because, the, the line is so fine between doing a good burnout and wiping the clutch completely out. Um, so it's all about finesse. It's, it's super challenging to drive. But as you mentioned, you know, staging the car, you go up there and, and you pre-stage and you put uh, a couple hundred pounds of brake pressure in, in your front brakes and you bring the engine up just a little bit, maybe 2,500 RPM. And as you ease in like ever so slightly on the clutch pedal, because you want to be as close to the stage beam as you can so that you don't have to put build extra heat in your clutch because that ultimately um, changes the consistency of your run. So you just ease in and stage the car. Once you're staged, you're all the way in on the clutch, all the way in on the gas. And once you deck it, that, that clutch pedal is kicking back at you pretty substantially. Like, and you'll see, you know, a lot of drivers, I think um, Dallas Glenn talked about it some this year, as well as Matt Hartford as going up there. And you don't want to put too much pressure on the clutch so you can have a good reaction time. But ultimately, they don't put enough and it kicks their foot off of it. So that's something that that fans don't know either is the is the kickback that's happening and not to get off track, but going from. Uh, 500 inch pro stock to mountain motor, you go from a little bitty clutch to a big clutch and will run between 20 and 30 grams in NHRA pro stock with less than less than a turn of base. You're going to mountain motor pro stock and you have 130 grams of counterweight, which is what kicks back at you. And then like four turns of base, which base means how hard the clutch pedal is to push in. So the, uh, the physicality of driving a mountain motor pro stock car is going to be much more challenging than, than uh, 500 inch, but Again, excited for the challenge. So back to back to real pro stock. It's just uh, it's just a super challenging car to drive, and that's what keeps me coming back for more because I'm a perfectionist and I just want to try to be the best ever at that. So it's a lot of fun. I love it. Oh, that's great. Okay, but you just you just made you just made an enemy, right? Like just like that. When you're the champ, people are going to put everything you say under the microscope. And all those mountain motor guys just said, "Real pro stock? What?" She said. <laughs> 
we're not real pro slavery. I'm kidding with you, obviously, but I agree with you, obviously, also. But it is what it is, right? Sometimes you say stuff, and I and I agree. I started Hartford's car once. I did a warm up, and just when I revved the engine one time, I felt that pushback, and it's not something anyone could explain, but it's like alien what you guys do. It is amazing. Um, and you also referenced a bunch of things, the physicality of it. We've given Michael Heiner, crew chief for the Get Biofuel car, a, he's a pro stock lifer. You know, he's been around forever. He is uh, one of the, I would say, one of the few people that's welcome everywhere. Everybody likes Michael, right? And so we're doing something with him for our Patreon audience. And so I said, hey, Michael, you got any questions for Erica? And so he did have a question. And it's right in, in line of that. He says, like, you know, as a driver who works on the engine, as someone who is hands-on in the pits, as someone who is doing something that matters on the race car, is that something that you ever carry up to the starting line with you? Like, oh my gosh, did I, what happened when I, did I finish that? Like, is that in any way a distraction to be working on the race car, working on the engine, doing something that is not driving, and then it may creep into your mind as you are driving? Yeah, uh, it definitely could go either way. That's for sure. I personally love working on the car. I feel like if I understand it better, I can ultimately be a better driver. You know, I come back and I service the the engine um, with Richard. I'm in charge of firewall forward. So we'll run the valves, check spring pressure. If anything's wrong, obviously we'll, we'll swing engines, but um, you know, change oil when we need to, whatever. And I'm also responsible for my clutch linkage. I make those decisions and I make those changes myself. So, and then I'll go up in the crew chief lounge and, and spend some time downloading my computer with my guys because there's stuff that the race pack can't tell them. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty good at what I feel and what I hear and what I know in the car. And, and my guys are, are the same, obviously, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's something that you have to like actively, erase from your mind because I'm, I'm very thorough. I have a checklist. If you watch the in-car camera, I'll check, double check, triple check, quadruple check things a lot. Um, in the car, I'm the same way with engine maintenance. Um, I never stop mid project. Like the fans are talking to you. Sometimes Fox comes over, but that's one of my, that's one of my rules is I don't ever stop in the middle of doing something. I always complete the task at hand because that's how mistakes are made. And if you get pulled away to do TV and you didn't finish running the valves or you didn't, you didn't torque the nuts on the rockers, like you could have things fly apart pretty quickly and somebody could come and think you're done, put the valve cover on, bolt it up. And then you, you get pulled away, you lose track of that. So, uh, again, always finish the job at hand. And then I just try to like wipe my mind clear when I go up there, you know, it's, it's much easier said than done, but I know that I've done the best job that I can. And I have the confidence that my guys have as well. So that's something that's very important and, and something that changed significantly when I came to work here at elite motorsports was the, was the trust that I had in my crew. Um, just being able to put that out of my mind when they shut the door, I know everything is as perfect as possible. Yeah, we're going to have parts failures. We're going to have things that happen. We're going to make mistakes. But ultimately, we've done the absolute best job that we can. And and that's uh, that's what I try to do. I just try to put it out of my head. I've said this before, but I, I do much better when I don't think. So I get up there. Once they shut the door, all of that is behind me. And I just uh, I try to do my best job driving the race car. But love working on it. Love being hands-on. And um, that thrash in between rounds is something like that feeling will never be a place when you're swinging motors and you got 20 minutes to get back up there and and you've got to 
change trannies and the car you get done and the car's on the ground and Ingersoll comes out and says he wants a different rear in the car. You go back up on the projects and that hustle in between rounds is something that I die for. Like I freaking love it. So uh, I don't know what, what will replace that adrenaline when I'm, when this is all said and done, but I, I love that part of it. And I love turning the beacon on, on the wall. It's pretty fun. The beacon, you call it the beacon. The beacon. The light, the beacon. I love seeing you get so excited about drag racing because I am as well. And we're, you know, we're not far off. You're going to go testing soon. Some questions from the audience. Of course, I have my own. Kev is over there in the UK. Could we see double E in a factory X car? What, what is your, you know, the whole factory X thing? Everybody's excited about it. I love naturally aspirated pro stock. I don't believe we have to replace one thing with another thing. I think we can have multiple things that yep. are cool. Um, but, you know, what's your take? And they're going to be supercharged, but with the Liberty. And so yep. it's kind of melding the two experiences that you've had with, uh, with Pro Mod Power Adder. But five speed, what do you think? I think it's definitely going to be a cool class. Um, Richard's ordered two cars, so we'll see how that goes. Again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, everything's always subject to change. But um, I think we're going to be doing some uh, engine building for a couple of a uh, couple of customers in that class. But ultimately, um, I guess the plan would be for me to be in one. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really expensive pro stock. Um, the cost to build the cars is going to be substantially more than that of an NHRA pro stock car. Um, you got to have uh, steel roof and quarters. There's a whole bunch of rules that are in place, um, you know, and, and horsepower wise, it'll be equivalent to what we make with pro stock without power adders. But um, I think it'll be cool. And I think the most awesome thing about it is the clutch and the five speed Liberty is really going to get rid of all of the guys that think they can drive. So I think it'll be a fun class. Oh my goodness. I, I agree. I agree. We'll see. We'll see how it all goes. We'll see how it works, but I love, I love how much you love and <laughs> cheerlead for pro stock, like 500 cubic inch pro stock. And it makes perfect sense, right? You got involved in this class. You had chances to go to the nitro ranks. You grew up yep. a sportsman racer. Of course, we all know the movie right on track, but you are right where you want to be right now, which is amazing. All right. Five-time champ. You won all those races. Your career to this point, I'm kind of feeling this new energy at NHRA drag racing and I wonder, do you feel it too? The excitement, the energy, Fox Sports, Camping World, all the things that have happened. We'll talk about the Too Fast, Too Tasty Challenge, which I think you're going to be in probably every week. But this could be a new step for you as a five-time champion, unquestioned, one of the greatest drivers of all time, unquestionable, one of the best talents and biggest personalities in NHRA drag racing. I think the sport needs you to kind of grow even bigger if the sport is going to grow big, bigger. I, I don't think you think of yourself like that, but I think it's true. Um, just kind of expand on that a little bit. Well, thank you, Joe. That's like the biggest, best compliment ever as somebody who just dreamt as the, uh, jumped of this as a little kid and being in the position that we're in and having accomplished what we have. It's just, it's kind of surreal. So thank you. That means a lot to me. Um, yeah, I just, I, I definitely feel like there's a lot of added excitement. Um, we're super proud to have Camping World on board with our, with our series again this year. Um, I think there's a lot of things that are being left on the table that we can capitalize on more as a, as a whole. Um, all of the, all of the participants and the sanctioning body guys as well. So, um, 
I obviously, you can tell by my face, I have such a passion for what I do and, and I love our sport and would do anything to, to see it continue to grow. But, um, you know, we've been on Zoom call meetings with NHRA and different class meetings and Richard's on the board for pro and you hear all of the scuttlebutt of everything that's going on. And I, I definitely think it's all exciting and it's all headed in the right direction. So um, I think 2023 will be a year for the books and something that the fans can really get excited about. All right, let's talk about that too fast, too tasty deal that they're bringing around for fans that are watching this, guys. If you love pro stock, we would love getting the show out there to more people. For news nuggets like this, if you hadn't heard, there's going to be actual racing on Saturdays, racing that pays important things like money and points. Not just points, but points that are after the countdown reset. And for those that don't understand, it will ha not happen at the Gator Nationals because that's the first race. But whoever makes the semifinals, the final four in pro stock, Erica and three other people. Uh, I'm Joe. <laughs> we never know, right? I'm but, in, uh, Joe. Yeah, I know. I know how it is. But they're all struggling. <laughs> they all know it's probably true. If, they, if we actually did the math, you probably have a very high uh, semifinal percentage. Those people will rerun the next week in sa Saturday qualifying. Uh, the round one will be on Saturday morning. And the final round will be Saturday afternoon. And that's going to pay money and it's going to cause rivalries. Like if you race Hartford at the Gator Nationals, you'll have to run him again in the Too Fast, Too Tasty Challenge in Arizona. And so nobody wants to get their butt handed to them twice in two weeks. It's, I think it's going to cause some, some friction, but it's also worth money. And the points you earn will go to your championship total after the reset which that means those points are going to be big so what you know what is your opinion of consequential racing on saturday worth extra value extra money and and what do you think i i think it's very exciting um i'm really thankful to nhra for them trying to find unique ways to to give back to the people that spend a lot of money um having an extra few grand a weekend that's up for grabs is is definitely pretty cool so um, having said all of that, the points are obviously the most crucial thing um, <laughs> next to bragging rights, of course. But, you know, the bonus points that we are able to accumulate during qualifying at the end of the year, if you look back and see how many bonus points you actually got, um, the round wins that it ultimately would stack up are, are pretty substantial. So I think that I think it's cool. But you while it's going to be fun and exciting you really have to get down to business and, and make it count because at the end of the year, those those few baby points could be the difference between winning and losing the world championship. Yeah, and that's the, the funny car world championship came down to three points. Three points is one too fast, too tasty. And folks, the folks at Mission Foods are supporting this. And so I think it's great. I am super excited to see it all play out. Consequential racing. I'm sure we're going to be putting microphones in your face and you know trying to, to generate some friction not like we need to generate it but it's yeah. going to be pretty, <laughs> pretty interesting all right so your friend i think it's your friend i'm not exactly sure but Brittany is on there and uh talked about how you got her into drag racing and that uh, she wasn't even a fan of drag racing until she started watching your career i can't imagine how many people like this but she brings this up and i think it's an interesting question do you ever plan to retire do you plan on racing until you just can't race anymore we see john force is in his early 70s he's still racing at a very high level so it's possible to go a long time in drag racing you have to be great in short spans as opposed to like a marathon runner which has got to be very tough what do you say to Brittany out there do you 
you write down your goals every year. What is your long-term plan uh, for timeline? Oh, Lord. That's the million-dollar question. Hi, Brittany. I know her. I met her in Phoenix years and years and years ago when I first started pro stock racing, and, and she was a fan, but she's become a friend. Her and her mom always come see my sister and I, so uh, we're thankful for that relationship. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, yeah, there's a there's an expiration date on all of this, and the, the plan is to build something that you can work with after you're not competitive on the racetrack any longer. Um, my plan my plan in my head was to be done after last year. And uh, it didn't work out that way, but it's definitely on the forefront of my mind. I mean, I have thing, other things that I would like to accomplish in my life. And, um, you know, having a family is one of those and being a girl, that's the part that really sucks about it is you have to step away for a little bit, but there have been, you know, a handful of women that have stepped away and, and had a family and come back and been competitive and the, the, legend we talked about earlier Angel is one of them so um who knows what's uh what's in the cards for me but yeah eventually eventually i will absolutely be done but uh, i don't think i'll ever be done with drag racing right one way or another there's a lot of things to do in drag racing even if you step away from the wheel but that's not happening anytime soon certainly not this year right you've got to defend uh your title you mentioned kb titan they made big moves uh, with a merger and all of that, you're, they're your chief rival. Um, you guys will have eight cars. They will have seven cars. Some are saying, and I agree, that Pro Stock has never been healthier as far as cars that are in participation that can win the race. Like people will go back to the golden era of Bob Glidden, who I know you had a close relationship with, yes. and say, man, that was the golden era. And the cars were definitely very cool back then. But it was Bob, it was Warren, it was Ray Morrison, it was Frank Iaconio, and like maybe one or two others, and, and nobody else really had a chance. They were participating. Um, now everybody's got a chance. Just the, the Quadras are going to win races this year. I have no Absolutely. doubt. They, yep. uh, there are so many that can win races. But two teams are providing power for 15 cars. Yep. Is, is that good? Is that good? Is that bad? Like, What do you think as someone who loves Pro Stock so much? I think, I think it's great. Um, you know, when pro stock was kind of rumored to be on the outs, um, you know, Richard Freeman, Greg Anderson, Jason line, put their heads together and went to work. And after the, the rule change from carburetors to EFI, it was a, it was a really hefty price tag to switch everything over. Um, just parts wise. And then the front end was different and all of that. And then to go from, there was just a lot of rule changes that were really expensive and you saw the numbers kind of dwindle at national events. So when there were less than 16 entries the week prior to a national event, Richard and Greg would get on the phone and they would drag an extra car out, fly somebody in um, to drive so that we would have full fields. On top of that, they put their heads together and they kind of like averaged out pricing. Cause you used to have to go, like when I start, first started racing pro stock, like, I would pay $100,000 a weekend to drive. It was $2.4 million a year to race. When I left Cagnazzi and came to Elite, our budget was just over a million dollars and we flew our own airplane and we skipped two races and we won the championship our first year out. So it's not, it's not always about money, but those, those engine leasing programs were really, 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 really costly back in the day. So Greg and Richard got together and they kind of made it like an equal playing field. So you're not calling elite and saying, Hey, can I get an engine leasing program? Yeah, it's this, this, 
this much. Well, then you pick up the phone and you call KB. Yeah, I'll do it for $100,000 less. Well, you're going to go with KB. So we made it pretty even. Um, but that was like a lot of the work that went on behind the scenes. We're working together. Yes, we want to rip each other's throat out on the racetrack, but we're working together to try to, to try to build our class. And I think that that's something that we've, that we've seen happen and it's really exciting. And we all take a lot of pride in that. Having said that, you know, there's, there was that rule a few years ago that you could only have four professional teams under one umbrella. What people don't understand is all eight of those cars are not ours. Like we have, it's myself, Bo Butner, TJ Coughlin and Aaron Stanfield. That's the four elite cars. The three quadra cars are their own team, right? Frank Iaconia, who you mentioned, um, is building their engines. They, he works together with our engine shop where before you had to have like a key card to get in somewhere and you, you, you had to have security clearance. It's, it's not that way anymore. Richard's been really, um, really lenient with all of that stuff. And I'm kind of dragging on, but this, it, it took so much work to get this class where it is. So yes, I think it's really cool that we're providing 15 cars with power. Uh, elite motorsports and KB. I think it's really awesome. Um, what's going to be really cool after that, it's going to come, come down to the drivers. So whoever, whoever's the best driver is going to be able to turn on the wind light. And uh, that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to be like it always is with pro stock, you know, a couple of thousands here and there to determine wins, but it also leaves one qualifying spot. If all 15 KB and elite motorsport cars qualify, there's one position out there for, a Magaha or a Kenny Delco or an Alan Przinsky. So uh, the competition will definitely be fierce. That's for sure. Well, we should have, we should have like a second chance race, right? Like, and they uh, <laughs> all fight for the one spot. Uh, we'll see Erica. Great job. You know, I could talk to you all day about pro stock, like this could go on and on, but I think it has been great. And I really appreciate you making the time. What I'd like to do right now, like, first of all, like your mom, you know, she watches whenever you're on, right? She says, <laughs> Hi, mom. she said, look what she wrote. She said she'd be a great grandma. Listen, right? Linda, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you got a lot of fans out there. Terry saw the ring and he's like, oh, my gosh, that ring. You now got you got five of them, though. Yeah, that. that is incredible. That is that's one that incredible. we had. We had Justin's do that one for us. Um, we get the one that NHRA does uh, in Gainesville. I think they'll give it to to the four champions from last year. But um, we always like to do our own like crazy blinged out Super Bowl version. So it's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah, that is pretty cool. But what I want to do right now is like just give you a chance to speak directly to your fans and fans of drag racing and pro stock as we get started for what I think could be the greatest season ever of NHRA Camping World Drag Racing. Look, we had a great year last year. Everybody was excited. The racing was great. The coverage was great. We set ratings records. We set some attendance records. We sold out a bunch of tracks. And now we're getting ready to go again. And so I'm just going to get out of here and, you, you know, tell the audience uh, what you think about NHRA 2023. I think the, the bar keeps being moved. And I think that there's a lot of excitement in the air, as we talked about a few minutes ago. But, you know, it's being able to to get better every single year to to take those learning experiences and the negative things that happened and, and move forward and make it better for everyone. Um, and HRA has a tough job. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of passion for this who spend a lot of money to be able to do it. Um, you know, we've been told 
multiple times that we're entertainers, which I don't think is the case, but um, it would be like Tom Brady having to buy a ticket to come play football. It's kind of kind of a little ass backwards, but that's okay. Um, I think there's a lot of excitement in the air. I think we're moving in the right direction um, collectively as a whole. And I think it's really exciting. Um, you know, as far as the fans go, obviously we couldn't do this without them. Um, it's going to be really neat to, to show up in Gainesville at the Gator Nationals, which is one of those tracks that you talked about that typically sells out every year. Um, and, and it's exciting. So that'll be our first race of the season. We get to open there in beautiful, sunny Florida. So um, I think all things are good, Joe. I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I love hearing the scuttlebutt of everything going on. Uh, I like reading what's going on on the internet. I think, um, you know, everybody should make an effort to be positive and kind this year. That would be really cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, love what I do. And I'm, I'm thankful I get to do it. Uh, and having the fan support is, uh, is pretty awesome. And a new sponsor this year, Jason yeah. Johnson and Nikki. Like, that's really cool. I've seen their shop, and we were there at the same time. And amazing, amazing involved in, you know, all kinds of cars, classics, muscle cars, uh, high-end exotics. Uh, the guy is, uh, you know, I love the fact that he fell in love with Pro Stock also, right? Like, there's a perfect example. He's a car guy, and he likes everything, but he wanted to be involved with Pro Stock. Yep. Car guys love pro stock because it's a driver's class. It's a, it's a real race car. It's your factory hot rod. It's naturally aspirated. It's got a clutch and a five speed. It's just a, it's just a really cool race car. So yeah, we're, we're excited to, to have Jason and Nikki on board with us. Um, they were Bo's primary sponsor last year. Um, JHG is going to be the primary on my car this year. Don't worry. Melling's still involved. Um, the Melling family has been so great to us. They have a huge logo on our hood this year and, um, you know, we're still going to do our best out there to sell, to sell oil pumps for them and valve train components. So we have so many really great partners that make this possible. But yeah, Joe, I think that that's something that's so cool is that he was a fan of our sport as a kid and he came out and uh, just wanted to be involved. And you mentioned his car collection. It's unbelievable. I've seen a lot of really cool stuff. The Skillman family has a, another amazing uh, car collection. The Wisniewski family who's into drag racing has a great car collection. All these people that love cars, love pro stock. And that's something that, that makes me really proud and really happy. So we're, we're excited to have them on board this year. Erica, thank you so much for joining us on WFO radio, your official world champion interview. There are four others out there somewhere on the internet. Uh, but this one I think has been by far the best. I appreciate you always making time for us on the show and uh, you know, we're still growing too. So thank you very much. You, you brought a big audience with you today and uh, I absolutely love it. I can't wait to see you on track. When are you testing? You said two, where, two, where are you testing? You said Tulsa next week. Yep. It looks like we're going to have a day in the sixties uh, next week, Wednesday. So we're probably going to head up there if the, if the meteorologists are correct and they're forecasting, but um, we'll go up there and, and work with Jerry Don to get some things done. I might be able to talk Richard into dragging that mountain motor car up there. So I don't look like a total dumbass when I show up to Florida, but um, we'll head up to Tulsa next week. But as far as uh, NHRA pro stock testing being on the books, we're going to be in Bradenton, Florida, the week before Wes's World Series of Pro Mod race, um, I think that that Monday is the 27th. So we'll test the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wes's race will be Thursday through Sunday. And then we have the track Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday of Gainesville in Bradenton. So um, we're going to we're going to bypass the test at Gainesville just because the fuel guys are there. And it, it, we can only probably get two or three runs a day where if we test at Bradenton, we can get six or eight a piece. So um, we're going to make the most of our time and uh 
be in Bradenton. So I'm excited to, to knock the rust off. It's it, This has absolutely been the longest time that I haven't been in the cockpit. But fortunately, we have uh, we have practice trees uh, from Porter Tree and we have simulators that we work in. But I go sit over in my old girl in the race car shop and just get reacquainted with her. So hopefully this year is great. Um, I know that we prepare to win races before we leave the race shop and just watching all the hard work that's been going on. I hear the dyno in the background as we're, as we're doing this interview, the guys are hard at work. So uh, I think everybody can get excited for a, for a pretty awesome year. Erica, congratulations. See you out there real soon. Uh, can't wait to go racing once again in 2023. Five-time world champ. Can't wait to see what you do this year. Thanks for spending time with us on WFO Radio. Thank you, as always, Joe. You're amazing. Oh, I appreciate it. There she goes, Erica Enders, the five-time Pro Stock World Champion, won 10 races last year, and closing in on becoming the winningest lady racer in the history of uh, auto racing, of everything on the planet. If I'm wrong about that, please come back at me. But I think that I am right. And that was just great. Thank you to the audience for all of your great questions. If I didn't get to one of them, we will speak with Erica again in the future. And everybody that's checking out WFO Radio for the very first time, I would hope that you could uh, click subscribe and click the bell and follow us each week because this is what we do. This is the show. Drag racing interviews. Uh, we go deep. We try to learn. We have a great community. And we definitely have fun. I'm out at the track each weekend in the Camping World Series and uh, love this sport. I love this sport. All right, before you go, I got a couple of things I got to do, but I'm going to give you some news. Big, big shakeup, John Force Racing. I know pro stock fans, it's Nitro, but it's John Force. So you're going to want to know, big shakeup, right? With crew chiefs and stuff. Max Savage off Britney's car on John's car. That's the headline to me. It's the last line in the press release, but... Grubnik and Max Savage have been together for a long time, and now they have kind of gone in two different directions. That makes me, like the journalist in me, go, hmm, what's up with that? That's kind of interesting. But it also is beneficial. Danny Hood and Tim Fabrizi, who are crew chiefs for John, now have Mac, who is a world champion, over there assisting. Could that be big things for John Force? Could it be a resurgent year for John Force? Is he the, the key part or piece that they need? to get John back, uh, become a 17-time world champ. That's interesting news. Uh, Chris Cunningham is going from Robert Height's car to Brittany, uh, to Austin Prox's car as the crew chief. Everybody knows Ron Tobler has retired, our buddy Ron, that we miss so greatly. Ron Tobler has retired for real this time. He'll be out there part-time helping some of the other teams that are trying to get up into the mix. But Chris Cunningham is going to be the lead crew chief with Joe Barlam on Austin Prox machine, which is kind of interesting. I wouldn't have expected that exactly. This is a major shakeup, I believe. This is not just moving deck chairs around on a uh, on a cruise ship. This is These are big, big moves. What does that do? So Chris is going to be the lead crew chief with Joe Barlam on Austin's Top Fuel Dragster. Thomas Prock is going to work with his dad on Robert's car, along with Nate Hildall as car chiefs for Robert's machine. So Robert can have some change. It's going to be Jimmy and his son, Thomas, and Nate on Robert's car. So that's pretty interesting. And then uh, Brandon Hazelton is going to move up into the car chief position under David Grubnick on Brit's World Championship car. And so that, I think, is pretty interesting. And uh, Nikki is out there 
saying JFR really buried the lead. And I, I agree. Like I'm like reading the press release and I had to get to the very, very bottom to see uh, Mac. And I think that's, I think it's news. I think it's news. You got a world championship team and the parts and the pieces are one way. And now those two are in a different position. Will they get better? Will they change? What's the deal? Is there chemistry? Is it none of our business? All of these things are to be uh, considered as we do it. Uh, all right, here's the deal. Just want to let everybody know about some things that are happening in the WFO universe. I want your opinions in the comment section right now about JFR, about Erica. I want predictions. Let's do this. How many races will Erica Enders win in 2023? That is the question. And while you post your answers, whether on YouTube or, oh, I just said it. What a bummer, man. Hopefully they don't get me way deep into it. Apparently that's a bad word to say. Bottom line is, Put your comments in the comment section. I want to see what people think. Our WFO store is having a sale, whether it be WFO sweatshirts or hoodies or all our different stuff. Uh, there's a considerable discount going on as we speak. I put that link up in the chat section before the show started. You can go buy a WFO shirt right away. We've got all kinds of good stuff, whether it be Morris Motorsports, WFO, Fire, classic Miami Hollywood Speedway t-shirts. We got all of that stuff. I want to shout out to our sponsors. Bernie Speed Shop. Remember the big open house. Are you going to Gainesville? Are you going to be there the Wednesday before? Ocala, Florida, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Live music, hanging out. They're trying to assemble a large collection of Gator Nationals winning drivers to be there. They have already got confirmed a guy named Big Daddy Don Garlitz. Going to be at Bernie's 6 to 10, 6 to 9 on Wednesday before the Gator Nationals. Go to Bernie's.com to find out more. Our great friends at Phillips Connect back on board. Go to the website, Phillips-Connect. If you are in the transportation industry and you're wondering about smart trailer technology, keeping on the road, keeping things safe, keeping things efficient, knowing if something's going wrong with your truck and trailer, you can reach out to me, email me, joe at wforadio.com, and I will put you together with folks at Phillips Connect to learn more. That's phillips-connect.com. Our great friends, FTI Performance Transmissions and Torque Converters. This is not just for Lucas Oil Series racers. It's not just for top sportsmen and top dragster. It's not just for pro-modified guys. If you've got a street car with huge power and you want it to live, FTI Performance Transmissions and Torque Converters is where you need to go. If you've got a Turbo 350 and your 79 Camaro with a shift kit, FTI Performance Transmissions and Torque Converters has got something for you. They're located in the land of Florida, and they've got some of the best of the best rocking their products. Folks at Foggit, this is a new product, guys. If you're in the high-performance racing engine uh, arena, as in, did you buy one? You want to know about Foggit. It is a preventative measure. It's one of those ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. You know you've gone through a lot. You spent money on the inside of your cylinder walls with a perfect hone and, and surface. You've spent a considerable amount of money on all the hard parts. You need that ring seal. You got your total seal piston rings. But at the end of the night, you put your vehicle away in a humid sweat box that is your trailer. And it's very difficult to avoid that. And you've got corrosion and acids and microscopic rust forming immediately. 
And so what do you do about that? And the answer is you fog it. You fog it down. Pull the coil wire, you spin over the starter, you spray it into the carburetor or into the intake. And that, for all intents and purposes, seals the inside of the engine from those microscopic rusts, microscopic corrosion. It can be used in many other ways. It can be used in the machine shop. It can be used on your firearms. It can be used on your valve springs. It can be used in many different ways. They've got a YouTube channel. You can go check them out. But really, a $20 can of Foggit is one of those mandatory things that every race car trailer needs to have. Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology, totalseal.com. Just go team to team. Ask them what kind of rings they use. Nine out of 10, they're going to tell you Total Seal. Keith Jones, Lake Speed, the entire team at TotalSeal.com has been working very, very hard to make things uh, go very, very well. From Formula One, that's right, to Stock Eliminator, Total Seal Piston Rings is the leader. Even if you need one ring, you can buy it on their website, TotalSeal.com. Very exciting uh, what they got going on. Our great friends at Samtech, if you would like to become a machinist, which I need as like a patriotic American, we need people to do this. This is a career. It's a profession that we need people to go into. Samtech.edu. They've got classes, engine block, cylinder head, motorsport, EFI tuning. They've got it all. They're approved to train veterans under the GI Bill. Frank Hawley's drag racing school. I can't do better than Erica. Erica gave Frank and Lana a little uh, plug right there. They are huge supporters of WFO Radio for over 10 years. You could go get your super comp license. You could go get your alcohol funny car license you could do a lot of things at frank hawley but the dragster adventure makes it possible for like a regular person to go drive a dragster for a day like a fun day experience you and your sales team you and your best friends like even you know a bachelor party you want to go drive dragsters they could set up a race go to frankhawley.com to find out more and something real simple has been a sponsor for over a decade as well marvin rodak this guy just roasts the greatest coffee in the world from all around the world and ships it out Every single day, 817-924-6821. I mentioned hear it from Heiner, Michael Heiner, winning crew chief for the Get Biofuel Chevrolet Camaro of Derek Kramer, is doing a show for our Patreon audience only, patreon.com slash WFO radio, patreon.com slash WFO radio. You can hear it from Heiner. We just posted an episode yesterday. Michael Heiner answering your questions about pro stock, unfolding the layers, revealing the secrets, talking about the rivalries. And it is a Patreon only show. And so uh, if you join our VIP listener club, that is Patreon, it costs you a couple of bucks. It, you know, it costs some money. These are for people who love the show. You get something, you get ignition, you get to check out the show behind the scenes, but you also get hear it from Heiner uh, while we're doing that. Really, really cool. All right. I feel like I've stalled long enough for everybody to put their comments in the comment section and me to read them. Yeah, that's what I do. Look at this guy. Where did Erica go? We had her for 50 minutes, man. Jay, 5-0, 50 minutes with Erica. Oh my gosh. I feel terrible that we kept her too long. They're getting ready to go lunch over there at Elite. And uh, here I am, you know, asking her all these questions. All right, here we go. Derek Green, I figured Mac went to Austin's car. I think it's great mood. Spread the greatness around. Yeah, maybe it does. We all would love to see John Forrest win a 17th championship. I think it will be good for drag racing. And, 
you know, John is, I think, 74 years old. What's happening is he's rewriting the rules of what is possible in life. He should be a bigger story out there in the mainstream media. I don't know, like, if he wants to be on the cover of AARP magazine, right? Like, I, I don't know if he wants that. But that is a great story for people out there who are aging, who are wondering, like, is it over for me? The answer is no. John Force is going to contend for a world championship in 2023. Uh, I think we should lean into it. We should not shy away from it. I think people that are older people have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge. And just because, you know, they're not fleet of foot doesn't mean they should be discarded. Um, and John Forrest is showing that every, every day. Bob Bender says he got his new WFO blank. Way to go, Bobby. Excellent. And I'm talking, I, I hope he's talking about decals or stickers, or I don't even know what he's talking about. But I sent out a bunch of stickers today for those of you who sent uh, in for free stickers. They sent them out. What's up with Bob Tasca's team? I haven't heard about his crew chief situation, says Mike. Mike, that's what WFO radio is for. I'm kind of surprised though, Mike. Mike. Uh, Mike Neff has gone over to Tony Schumacher and brought several of the guys with him. Aaron Brooks is the uh, the crew chief, along with uh, Todd Okahara, as I understand it. But I have reached out to Tasca, or I'm planning to, and we're going to get the, the Bob Tasca uh, storyline on WFO in the coming weeks. Speaking of coming weeks, next week on the show, speaking of burying the lead, Nikki, a gentleman you might have heard of named Big Daddy Don Garlitz is coming on the show next Wednesday. Garlitz, Wednesday. Click subscribe. Big Daddy, talking about the International Drag Racing Hall of Fame induction. Who's getting inducted? John Force, Bob Fry, Bunny Burkett, Shelly Anderson Payne, many more, all being inducted in Ocala, Florida. No, I'm sorry, in Gainesville, Florida, the Thursday before the Gator Nationals. I will be the host, and I'm going to give two people you plus one, a chance to win your way in and sit at the WFO radio table. You see me getting all excited about it? Yeah. So you got to watch the show. You got to be ready. You got to watch for your chance to win if you're going to be out there in Gainesville. But yes, Tasca's team. Let's see. Uh, bringing along new crew chiefs. Absolutely. I think it's very smart. Promote from within. Erica will go for gold and win it all. I think that's very possible. Uh, but the Aaron Stanfields of the world, the Dallas Glens of the world, the Kyle Koretskis of the world. Kyle was on recently with Brian Loans on NHRA Insider, and he's like, you know, she's she's owning me. I got to rally back. And when you are the champ, you wear a bullseye. And so we'll see. Steven, here we go. Getting to the comments now. Eight wins for Erica. Jimmy Ryan, 17 wins. Jimmy, I got your letter, by the way. I sent you a response. Thank you very much for that, Jimmy Ryan. In fact, for Jimmy, I got your letter, bud. I've answered every one of these questions. Thank you for writing me a letter. Kicking it old school. He writes on the very bottom, write me back. And you know what? I did. Last night, I wrote you back. My penmanship is not quite as you know clear as that. I apologize. I'm a talker, not a writer. 17 wins. That seems high, Jimmy. Hopefully 10 or more in a sixth championship, but we know the competition in pro stock will be tough. Mama Ender says, wouldn't that be awesome if she did all that? That would be great. He's going to win 10 races again 
and runner-up at least four for 14 final rounds, says Jeff. That would make a lot of people angry in pro stock. I'm just saying, like the other teams, Erica can win every event. She really can. She could win every event, like do the Steve Torrance sweep of the countdown. The team's capable, but I don't see it happening in pro stock. Love seeing the growth in NHRA. Yeah, now that we chased away all the negative folks, right? The people that were like, you know, we chased them away with the power of positivity. We chased them all away. Don't prove to me that you're still negative. I'm, I'm kidding. Notice it's a joke. She's got this. I believe in her. Thank you, Joe. JFR has the best Nitro teams. Um, Ron Caps. Ron Caps has something to say about that because, you know, he gets to put the number one on his car. Where did Erica go? There you go. Royale Lee, right? It's not Royal. It's Royale, like Royale with cheese. So as of the last show, you were age 34, yet I've, uh, I'm sure I heard you say that you've been going to the Gator National since 1980. Hmm. Well, it was Jack from Cycle Drag who said I was 34, and I, I went with it. I understand that might be confusing to the audience. Let's just keep that going. I think Scrappers is going to win Top Fuel. JFR is going to win Funny Car, and Erica is going to win Pro Stock. She has a thing for going back-to-back. -back, that's certainly. Ten wins. Hopefully, the Quadras can win a few. I'd, I think it will be good for a Ford Mustang body to win in Pro Stock. I think it would be a very good thing for a Ford Mustang body to win in Pro Stock. And the Quadras, um, I would love to see a Frank Iaconio-powered car win in Pro Stock. That will be, I don't know how many people know about this. Frank Iaconio, you hear his name. This is the guy who won the first ever 500 cubic inch pro stock engine. The guy is a legend. When we did the Hidden Horsepower podcast with him, it was one of the most, most listened to episodes we've done. He was in the mix for a championship way back in the day. Kind of got jobbed out of it a little bit. There's a whole story. Go back and listen to the episode when you subscribe to Hidden Horsepower. But I would love to see Frank. And his engines win a pro stock race in 2023. That would be insane. You know, 50 some odd years of 500 inch pro stock. Okay. Dallas Glenn is going to be right there at the championship run. His reaction times are great. So many have won on the starting line. Yeah, that's true. Dallas Glenn kind of had a, you know, Dallas was out at Orlando speed world with Sadie doing the crew chiefing thing. Um, Dallas backed up a little bit in 2022. But he was rookie of the year in 2021. They have a thing called, you know, the sophomore blues or the sophomore jinx. It's, you know, people take you more seriously in year two. It's just the way it is. And they get up on the wheel. I'm very curious to see what happens with Dallas. Look, guys, I'm going to tell you something. I know we got a lot of elite motorsports fans. We got a lot of pro stock fans. Last year, there was a lot going on at KB Racing behind the scenes. There was a lot going on. And it was revealed at the beginning of 2023 with the big merger KB Titan Ken Black stepping away Jason line retiring and moving uh somewhere else he's now heading up development on the equal 8 the Jessel equal 8 engine so there was turnover there was change there was personnel there was different stuff going on they were worrying about a merger that's all in the past KB Titan is coming on and they got Stevie Johns, who worked with the Grump, who helped make power. For, and Mike uh, helped make power for Tanner Gray when he won the championship. Now they're cross-pollinating. They're taking all their information. They're combining it to come up with a new super, super team. It's not going to be an easy one for whoever wins pro stock. Just saying. Just saying. You know, if you like, if you like pro stock, just saying. Brits out there says WFO. That's a Brit. 
racer herself. Best show ever. Thank you, Elite Detailing. I hope you're talking about us. This will be a new era of Pro Stock. The competition will be better than ever before. He's going into Don's Hall of Fame this year, talking about force. Yes, I knew that. Uh, let's see. Terry, bringing along crew chiefs, looking to the future. Now we're getting to the force comments. I love that I'm so behind on the comments, guys. I think John Force is going to dominate the 2023 season eventually. That's interesting. That's like, you know, the first third goes by, John not dominating, and then gets on it. You know who's happy about that? Tim Fabrizi. I'm sure he'd be super happy about that. I love Fabrizi. We haven't seen him in the chat very often. My prediction is JFR will run a championship, will win a championship there. Want to bet, Joe? Want to bet? I cannot. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir. Old reference. Bob in his 78 Aspen. Oh, there you go. There we go. Shelly Anderson uh, should be on here, but only after happy hour. Yeah, I had one of the Shelly Anderson approved. Uh, was it a margarita? Uncle Uncle Les spun one up for me out there at the finals. I want to hang with Shelly Anderson as much as is possible. And we will be inducting her into the International Drag Racing Hall of Fame with Garlets in March. Let's see. Thank you all for all I do for NHRA. It's a very small part. I uh, appreciate you saying that, though. I love the sport and uh, the people around it. And I just, you know, I work hard every day to to try to grow it. Joe went to kindergarten in a 1978 Trans Am. That is true, David Eaton. David Eaton, who was finished second in the world in competition eliminator, proving to all of you that are first-time listeners that we have a VIP racer audience on this show. Uh, here it is. This is a version of it. We're working on Project Pontiac, the big return to drag racing. That is the car that I went to kindergarten in. Yeah. And uh, talked about it and loved it. And, you know, me and my dad worked on it and we turned it into a bracket car. And I went out in 1995. Yeah, kind of old. And won a super pro track championship. Did real well at the big five day bracket race. But it has fallen on hard times. It's fallen on hard times. And that's what Project Pontiac is all about. We're bringing this car back, but we're not just bringing it back to what it was. We're bringing it back better than what it was. And we're bringing it back for a specific purpose. That is NHRA drag racing themed. We want to show the world that if you want to be an NHRA racer, you can do it for not a ton of effort and money. Uh, we're going to go into the NHRA Super Street category, the 1090 Index Class. The car, as you can see, is probably pretty good for that. It won't be the fastest car by any means, but it's a big, heavy car, over 3,200 pounds. And we're going to try to set it up to run Super Street, and we're going to go through the project, and it's a WFO build, our first build project, where we are going to try to showcase what it's like to prepare a car for NHRA competition. And you, those of you who don't get the dot 90 stuff, maybe you'll, you'll learn a little bit about it. Um, or if you don't like the dot 90 stuff, that's your business. This guy loves Frank uh, Iconio. It took Rusty Glidden to prove nitrous was easily hidden from NHRA, who will show them the starting line enhancements that create those superhuman lights that the drivers of said cars can't cut. Oh, Bill, that is so not, not realistic. If anybody's cheating, that's not how they're cheating. What? Okay, what is the deal, Bill? Like, I'll I'll spend two minutes with you. What's there's a laser pointing at that tree? Like, if there's any cheating going on, that's not where it is. Reaction times, that's not where it is, Bill. 
Okay. And the NHRA that was happening in the 1990s is very different to the NHRA that's happening right now. And the racers and the technology and the fact that everybody's got one of these. Mm, I don't know. I think you're just responding because I said there were no negative people out there. Uh, do you think GA will sit back on his heels now that he's cracked 100 wins? That's, I think, a rhetorical question. The answer is no. Uh, let's see. Love Tim. Amazing talent. Reading the reading the Iaconio story now. Wow. And nobody knows. That's one that you got to be really old school and involved in the sport. That uh, tough deal, man. Tough deal. Go read it. Go do a Google search. Go listen to Hidden Horsepower. The Hidden Horsepower podcast. We talk to Frank about it. We lay it out there. We get his take. You hear it from the horse's mouth. Read the story. Go listen to Frank. Search Hidden Horsepower Frank Iaconio. And I think you'll have your mind blown a little bit. Did you look into the Tony Stewart driving top fuel? Um, no, I didn't. I stay away from the Tony Stewart driving top fuel story. I want Tony to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. When he wants to do it, I'll know. I'll know. Uh, part of my success in drag racing is I don't pry into people's business. I wait patiently for them to tell me with respect. I'm part of the NHRA drag racing program, and Brian is going to make sure that everyone gets a pass. That's good. That is cool. Joe, thank you. Man, we're trying to get all these comments out of the way. Digging the red shirt today. Thank you very much, Lonnie. I appreciate it. This is my championship shirt, right? I got I talked to a champion like Erica. Erica, elite red shirt. You figure that up, huh? It will be back at PBR. I don't know what you mean there. Um, let's see. Super Series Brotherhood. Dot 90 stuff is very challenging. It's very different. It's not about spending money necessarily. It's about knowing your car. When you drive the big girl, you'll fall in love. Oh, man. I could take that into a lot of places. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Everybody wants me to drive their car now all of a sudden. I'm okay with that. Call out Big Daddy, Joe. No. There's somebody who just gets ultimate respect and deference from me and everyone. And it's Garlitz. And we love him. And Big Daddy Don Garlitz, man. Speaking of people who defy the laws of age, who in 2023 are just one of the countless older folks that are doing amazing things that 20 years ago defied logic and possibility. And Garlitz is out there every day with a memory like a steel trap. Amazing. Joe, are they going to dyno your engine before they tear it down? I got to speak with Stinnett. I got to speak. Gary Stinnett is doing, Stinnett Automotive, Gary Stinnett Racing, doing our engine at, for Project Pontiac. This is going to go into a story. It's going to go into a video. We're going to be creating a documentary. You know, Burns is coming down. He's going to document the whole thing. We're doing it all. Of course. And I've gotten to the last comment. Project Pontiac t-shirts, Joe. Yeah, my dad said that. We should get them. Right. Project Pontiac T-shirts. It's just like, you know, we got some people that are supporting this thing behind the scenes. And I think they should be involved in the Project Pontiac T-shirt. But, yeah, everybody loves that. Way to go. Steve Brenwald from Brenwald Media. I am uh, super excited about it. Um, uh, you know, and in, in the end, I'm a drag racer. Like, I am a bracket racer. I'm a drag racer. I do what I can afford to do. I love cars. I love it all. And I want to get back on the track, even if it's once or twice a year. Why? Knowledge, understanding the driver's experience when I'm on the mic at the NHRA, understanding like some level about what somebody is thinking about, even if it's as uh, simple as, man, it really is a bummer when you get whooped. I want to have that experience. And, and I have. It's been, a, it's been a minute. 
as they say. All right, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Remember, next week, Garlets. Going to talk about everybody, including Bob Fry and Linda Jones. They're all going to be inducted into the International Drag Racing Hall of Fame. The WFO Merch Store. It's all on sale right now, guys. Like a $24 t-shirt is $16. I only tell the audience about the store when stuff is on sale. It's T Public. They ship it out. It's good stuff. You can change the color. You can change the design. If you want a white V-neck with the collar all stretched out, you can get that. But I only really push it when stuff is on sale. Go get you some WFO gear, including the fire t-shirts. Remember, Patreons, if you like Pro Stock, you'll love hear it from Heiner. If you sign up for a year and spend the year with us behind the scenes, part of our VIP listener club on WFO, I will send you a t-shirt along with the patch, pin, decal, and other WFO radio swag that you get for giving me money. Erica Enders, what an amazing, amazing season. Definitely one of the goats, if not the greatest driver of all time and participating in a year where Brittany Force is also a champion. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. I appreciate all of you. The archive is open. The free WFO app is out there. And we'll see you next week, WFO. <laughs>